All right, we are live. We're back with another episode of Around the Mat. Joining us first, we've got a we've got a full panel of black belts today. So we're gonna start out. We've got Brandon McCatherine, the fedora wearing legend. Hello, friends. Welcome to the broadcast. Happy to have you. We've also got 10th Planet Black Belt, Matt Scaff. What's up, guys? It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you fine gentlemen. We've also got gym owner and 10th Planet Black Belt, Sean Applegate. Let's go, guys. And yet another BJJ Black Belt, Drew Weatherhead. What's happening, people? I got to say, we feel like uh, we're coming in on uh, late breaking news with all these different perspectives. We've got Scaff sort of chilling in a bomb shelter. You got me coming in from a car. And I think Trapplegate was actually just on Twitch because he said, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. So we're going to roll right into it. We're going to start on the top of the agenda. We've got the best female grappler. Who is it? Ready? Go. Oh, me? Okay, listen. Uh, for me, it's Bia Mashkita. I think that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good call. I like to say her name too. You know, Mashkita. I don't think that's correct, but that's what I always say. It reminds me of a barbecue in some ways. Um, I, she's she's phenomenal. She's one of the baddest chicks at any weight. Um, she pretty well takes down whoever they put in front of her. Uh, I'd like to hear some of the other names that some of the, that somebody else might come up with. Okay, I'm going outside the box here, and this is probably going to surprise you guys, but there's somebody you that... You've been sleeping in a box, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's that hurricane wind, dude. Uh, but uh, outside the box here, somebody that I'm really high on and I cannot wait to see their career unfold is Kayla Harrison. Let's get some Kayla Harrison love. And, and, you know, I know she's fighting. She's only had a few fights, but each fight she's looked incredible. You know, we've got a, a judo Olympian. And, man, I, I really think that, um, like, women's grappling, um, you know, I think we've seen some phenomenal strikers in women's MMA. But we really haven't seen a phenomenal women's grappler. And I think she's going to be the one. I mean, we've seen Ronda Rousey. Um, you know, Ronda looked really good. But she didn't really evolve. I'm excited to see kind of the 2.0 version. I'm hoping that Kayla can kind of become the 2.0 version of Ronda Rousey. And I, I'm excited to, to, to really see her uh, stake her claim as the best female grappler um, in MMA and maybe even grappling as a whole. So Kayla Harrison, she's a judo co, yeah? Mm-hmm. Doesn't count. You're just throwing people. It's barely grappling. All right. So, so that should have been a loss. Um, I've got, I've actually got like a top three that I'm going to run down and then tell you why I pick the one that I pick out of the three. So for me, the best grappler means that they have to pull in the most pay-per-view. Like if nobody wants to watch them, why are we talking about them? We're on like, this is, is a hype train, right? Uh, any of three of these people would get, interest in pay-per-view for one reason or another would be Gabby Garcia. And we don't need to go into all of the why she's an Amazon. It's a freak show. No matter whose grandma she's fighting, people are going to watch. Um, <laughs> the second one would be uh, Mackenzie Dern. A, because she's got that surfer bod. B, because she kicks ass. And uh, C, because she doesn't do a lot of grappling anymore. So if she did, if she came out of MMA for a super fight, everybody would watch. But C, and this is the one that I'm actually picking, is actually your your girl, Grace Gundrum. Because mm -hmm. I think there's nothing more interesting right now than a brand new phenom just coming out of the crib, coming in and choking bitches uh, left, right, and center with stuff they've never seen before. I will tune in every day for that. Yo, Drew came in hot, dude. He did. Hot takes. Drew, Drew's putting it out there. All right. Uh, be a mosquito, man. So here's the thing, like, with grappling. Uh, that's an interesting take that Drew had, too, about, like, the viewership. I, I don't even really figure that in at all. So um, my, my take's going to be the complete opposite. When I look at grapplers and I think about, like, the best overall, to me, it's not like a gi no gi debate. It's more of a like, what do you, if you're going to specialize, that's fine. You can be the greatest at what you're trying to do. No, no one's trying to be the greatest at what they're not trying to do. So it doesn't really make sense to me either, the gi no gi thing. So be a mosquito because, like, who's won IBJJF at the highest level? ADCC and EBI. Gordon, be a mosquito. 
-hmm. as easy as that to me you know like grace is amazing and she but she has so much road ahead of her it's kind of like micah galvao like in that sense where no reason to count it too early you know what i'm saying like grace is going to do amazing things but for now it's it's kind of be a mosquito like anytime you see a chick just snatching up world-class competition and just like in the blink of an eye just they're done you know what i'm saying like world-class female black belts just getting destroyed submitted and she did lose that match to fion or whatever and that's okay people lose matches from time to time but i think she's in my opinion she's the best so I guess the biggest question is, is how do you guys feel about Gabby Garcia? Now we've seen people take oh, out Gabby Garcia. That's got to be the biggest question. Well, everything's big. <laughs> Smoking. But how skilled uh, do you truly think like Gabby Garcia or some of these especially like absolutes? Because when you're talking about best grappler, some people would look at the female that win is like going to win any weight, any rule set. And some people would choose Gabby. Now we've seen Gabby take a couple of losses. Um, you know, I think she lost that match to Liz Clay on uh, who's number one, yeah. um, even though they did give it yeah. to Gabby. But I think yeah. most of us, especially the sub only people are, are thinking that that was a Liz Clay, uh, you know, all day. For sure. But um, if in an absolute tournament, I guess now who's winning? Who do you guys think is winning an absolute female? That's a so who's winning a tournament, like who's gonna win an absolute is a different question than who's the best grappler, right? Yes, yeah, so that's rule set based what you're saying now. I think set? what's my rule set in this absolute? We're talking ACC yeah. absolute, we're talking no time limit sub only. Yeah. What we're we talking about? Give me some more parameters. It's got to be ADCC. You know, I think okay. that's what everybody. This ADCC is going to be the biggest tournament there's ever been. Yeah. The one that Mo's putting on. I, I think, you know, whoever wins this upcoming ADCC really uh, is going to stand out. I think it's either Bia or it's Gabby Garcia. Then. Yeah, it's Gabby, man. Like ADCC rules, bro. Who in the world is going <laughs> to deal with her? And come on, man. She looks like. I used to like show people as a joke, like check out this highlight of Gabby Garcia from ADCC where she runs at this chick and just paws her like a bear until she curls up in a ball and then submits her. It's like, it's a joke, you know? Leonardo, uh, the Revenant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, really. I like, <laughs> the Revenant. <laughs> to answer your first question, Scaff, how great a grappler is she? Um, to be honest, obviously she's black belt level, but I don't see her as a technician. Ever. I've never seen something, even a single highlight of her millions of matches against old people and smaller people, her looking like she's actually using really good technique. What she does is she she stalls people and she smushes people. And of course, in, in an absolute or an ADCC setting, nobody is bigger than her. Nobody's even within 50 pounds of her. So I, it's not it's kind of a skewed conversation to begin with. And we're if we were to go back to my original three picks. Um, Mackenzie Dern, who's like tiny, she's itty bitty, has actually beaten her in a points competition. So I don't think that Gabby's a good point fighter. I don't think she's a good submission artist. She's big and she smushes people. And I don't know. That to me does is not a compelling grappler. It's a winning grappler, obviously. She's well, won everything a million times, but that was the question on this one though yeah it was for sure and i i think she i think sometimes in some of those rule sets being big and just smushing people's about all it takes you know what i'm saying <laughs> we see it didn't beat mckenzie it didn't beat mckenzie and well, she's well, three did, and a half it did, mckenzie's it did beat mckenzie though is the thing like mckenzie won oh, once fine. right yeah she won yeah once, but so. but gabby couldn't score a point on her and in fact lost on a uh on a penalty but what about that, the other that. matches what about the other matches? Well, let's talk about the one that she won, though. Um, the Mackenzie one. She got to Gabby's back. Not enough to get points, and it might be because her legs couldn't get around. I don't know. But, like, she was on – Gabby was on defense the whole match. You don't even have to watch the highlights. Watch the whole thing back. It's like a six-minute match. But what about the matches where Gabby beat Mackenzie? All right, let's uh, let's uh, go and, and get the highlights and compare them. How does she beat her? She's big and she's smushes her. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know, man. It's tell you what. Uh, from where I'm coming from, it's not enough for me to make a meme out of it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I pretty good standard. Yeah, I don't know. Gabby's meme worthy at all times. I, I would hope. I don't. I'm not the professional though, but I see a lot of potential on that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on down the agenda. Well, who's got the best or the most popular BJJ school? Mm. Ooh, me. That's two different questions. 
Go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, the best, the most popular one, probably Gracie Baja, right? Is it? Are they undeniable? They don't they have oh, the biggest like like envelope? Like they've got the whole like grade by attendance and unified curriculum and uniform and I mean they just have that karate model down like where it looks like you know like that one size fits all like when it comes to marketing I mean we, we can argue all day like what jujitsu is and all that other stuff but when in the conversation of like who's going to retain bring in the most things like that that kind of system that consistency is what matters in business and I mean they're doing it you know what I mean so maybe Gracie Bye, I don't know uh, Somebody just what, got a plus point for saying Gracie Baja. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think the question we, being uh, what's the most popular, you have to go into pop culture. And I don't think in pop culture that GB is that big. They just, they're the Starbucks of jiu-jitsu. There's one on every uh, corner of every street and they've done a great job of disseminating. But I think popularity wise, if it weren't for the fact that COVID moved DDS to an island, they were the most popular. The The blue basement was the most popular in the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? Nowadays, not so much because they're, they become this little island thing that's like, well, I guess they're still around. Gordon's not competing anymore. So I don't know if they've got the popularity thing. Maybe somebody like, uh, I'd say my top three would be either Legion with Keenan, Atos HQ with Galvao, or uh, Fight Sports with um, Cyborg. I feel like y'all are crazy people. Uh, the most popular jujitsu school is far and away the Gracie Academy with Henner, Henner and Heron. Far and away. Yeah, I mean like, that's yeah popularity. Or you could say that it's Tenth Planet because of its exposure with Rogan. It's like the most people. Like if just some rando person tries to find out, like they just Google jujitsu. They're going to come across Heron and Henner, or they're going to come to it through, you know, the podcast world, maybe. And they're going to come across 10th Planet that way. I think we all just answered the same question in, from three different perspectives, too. So, like, I think what I'm talking about is, like, total number of students, like, yeah. overall. I think Drew's talking about popular within our community. And I think yeah. you're talking about popular with people who don't do jujitsu. Yeah, and I think that like that's three different like situations, you know what I mean? But but all like maybe within like their own little realm, probably true. Scaff, why are we all wrong? You know, I think that <laughs> Tenth Planet and uh, answers all three of those, except obviously the school numbers, because Gracie Baja, there's one in every major city. I mean, worldwide, there's a thousand plus. I think Tenth Planet, you're looking at right around hundred, but Tenth Planet's got the numbers where. Pretty much, especially if you're north, uh, you know, near North America, especially the United States, you're gonna be able to find a tenth planet pretty much everywhere at this point. And it's the only school that I know where people know about it or have heard about it outside of jujitsu. People mm -hmm. know what tenth planet is from the Joe Rogan podcast. It happens all the time. People come in and go, "I want tenth planet jujitsu," or "I want no gi jujitsu." I've never done jujitsu, but I've heard that I need to do 10th planet. And so I think 10th planet is also though, I think it is everybody, like every gym in the world has one guy at their gym that secretly wants to be a part of 10th planet. They have a closet <laughs> 10th planet fan uh, at every single gym. Every yeah. Gracie Baja has got a dude that hates being a Gracie Baja, but it's just what he's got. And he's secretly doing Eddie Bravo stuff or Brandon McCathern stuff, where he follows Nathan Orchard or Applegate or whoever. And he's using those guys' stuff to beat his instructor and his instructor's students. And 10th Planet, man, I think it's the answer for, for pretty much all of them, except just when it comes down to pure numbers, you don't you can't beat Gracie Baja. Not if he's using my stuff. He's getting smashed if he's using my stuff. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's getting DQ'd. <laughs> hey, yeah. you, know, you know what uh, What avenue 10th Planet is really killing it in that you didn't mention, Scaff, is MMA. As far as UFC mm. is concerned, name another affiliation that has more people in the UFC. Like You got some guys in the top 10 of a couple different uh, areas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Kelvin Gastelum. Who else? Who else is just right off, right uh, off your tongue? Who's your crazy boy, Ferguson? Yeah, Tony Ferguson. You got some girls in there, uh, too, right? Yeah, Julian Rose's Tenth Planet. Um, yeah, uh, uh, 
the what's the one off the top of the head that we should all Elima. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. And if I was gonna say Gracie Baja, who would you say? You know what I mean? Like it's in that avenue, I think 10th Planet's killing it. I think they don't well with the sponsorship deals now and the way the uniforms are, I think it's hard to like yeah know who's sure. with who. You know what I mean? Like But then why do we know the tenth planet guys? They're killing it somehow, right? We're loud because we're loud. We're kind of loud. <laughs> That's part of the popularity, though, right? There, you should be. You should be. Though. You should be. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I'm just saying we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're we're just about the most popular school. Uh, who's got the best jujitsu? Who's the best? Ooh. Straight jujitsu. I mean, right now, I would have to say, depending on the rule set, if yeah. we're talking about like who can score some points, I'm, I got to go with the Autos team at the top. And if we're talking about no time limit sub only at the very very top echelon the it's right now it's the it's craig jones it's those guys over there but if you're if you're talking about overall academies like number of students who are the most dangerous and like subs i think we go with 10th planet right there as well so like the tier underneath, look, I'm not saying we got the guys that are at the very, very top right now. I know we got Geo's right there. He's, I think he's still ranked number one. I think Grace is yep. ranked right at the top in her weight class. And we got a couple of other bangers that are in there. So I'm not saying we don't got top 10 guys with flow. What I'm saying is the, the undisputable number ones, we don't have any of those. Those seem to be sitting with DDS and Atos. But the second tier, I think we have the most second and third tier layer grappler so the guys coming next the next wave is all 10th planet yeah i think uh the definition of best jujitsu is really going to come down to the rule set like brandon started with like are we talking is best jujitsu in your mind danaher's description which is a control that leads to submission because there's some atos guys that have amazing control that doesn't lead to submission yeah. But they win a lot of matches. So what is better jujitsu in your mind? If in my mind it is submission, right? You got to get the submission if you're considered to be better at jujitsu than the person that you're beating. You know what I mean? Like beating them on points, you're a pretty good grappler, you're a really good wrestler, maybe. Um, but best jujitsu is is submissions. And it is still kind of a skewed topic because if we're talking about the Danaher Death Squad, it's a small group of elitists. I shouldn't yeah. say elitists, elite grapplers, a small group. So it makes them look maybe a whole lot better than these larger organizations that have more people that are in like the five through four, five, four, three, two, one place in any weight class. But all of the small group of elite guys in DDS are up in that one, two spot in all their weight classes. So I think if you were to look at Danaher's student base in total, it wouldn't be as impressive as if you looked at Atos student base or, or 10th planet student base. Yeah. I'm about to get, like deep right here on this one. Oh, oh love it. Okay. Let's go. Going deep, boys. We're going deep. We're going deep. I Let's... knew you came from Twitch. <laughs> so here's the deal. I think the structure of the associations lends itself to different periods of dominance in time. So I think the DDS guys. They're on top right now. I think they're on top in every way, actually. I, I I actually don't think that anyone's even better than them at points either. You know what I mean? As a whole, maybe. But I don't – those guys can't outpoint Gordon. I, I have yet to see – other than Pena, the couple times he beat him, I have yet to see anyone that's even able to do anything to the guy. You know what I mean? And to say that he's out forever is a little crazy. I think he'll be back. So I think it's just like – if, if, if he keeps disseminating that information throughout his little group, his little group of guys – are just going to, you know what I mean? Like, I think they're just going to take over for now. I think Autos has to play catch-up. I think Autos was like, we'll just do the IBJJF thing, and that'll carry us to wins and every, everything else that we do. I don't think that's enough. You're not going to have the submission skills. You're not going to be able to deal with those guys. They're still going to be submitting you and things like that. You know, you watch these guys like Ronaldo when he fought Craig. Like, Craig beat him with some pretty basic jiu-jitsu by the submission-only standard. If you look at the technique, it wasn't anything crazy. He had no idea what was happening to him. You know what I mean? Um, he was, you know, he's like, I, what do you, and Andre, he, literally Andre, they, what, how do you think he's going to win? Well, you know, we passed to both sides. Like, okay. <laughs> Sick, man. It's not going to be enough, but okay. You know what I mean? Just both sides, that's revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the second because, side? Because the, the, I, there's two methodologies for training. 
at the highest level that we've seen work. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of methodologies, but there's two that work really well. Danher's method, we're going to study. We're going to positionally train. We're going to try to be smarter than everyone. Then there's Otto's method. We're going to just be as strong and as fast as we can. We're going to rep the same move, and we're going to train like professional athletes. We're just going to rep, 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 move, move, move as fast as we can, as fast as we can, as fast as we can. Just how hard can we train? You know what I mean? You see those guys overwhelm people with pace. You see them beating people because they can't keep up. They get exhausted. They can't do that because that's not how they train. You, you also see one, you're missing one ingredient for both of those teams. Steroids. <laughs> well, we're gonna take that out because that's they both have that. So I'm not gonna go too deep into the accusations. You know what I mean? But basically, what I'm saying is though is the one thing that they both have though that that Tenth Planet doesn't do that we're on the opposite end of is because we have guys that are really smart. We have guys that want to train really hard. We have that. You know what I mean? Uh, but we're different at a fundamental level because they put everybody in one room. And they all train together every day. Both teams do that. You have Autos HQ. All their best guys are in one room. You have DDS. You can literally only be in one room. You literally can't even be a member of their situation. You, sometimes you're in the room and you're still not a member of their <laughs> like group. You know what I mean? I have guys at my gym now that have moved here that trained under Dan and her purple belts and such that are like, dude, we, we were never even considered a part of their thing. And we were there for years. So it's like, you know, so, you know, that's not a thing, but we don't do that. So Eddie didn't do that. Eddie's goal in the beginning wasn't to do that. It was to help all of us like have schools and kind of live the jujitsu life and get off the grid. Right. Which is a beautiful thing, you know, for us. Cause it was like, Hey, you know, Eddie helped us build a life for ourselves. But here's the thing, because we were never all in one room, we're all building it ourselves from the ground up. So a bunch of us that have been around for a handful of years are starting to have guys that are competing at that level. You know, like I have students, I have brown belts that are fighting at a reasonably high level, you know, and yeah, I'm not the only one. There are tons of 10 planet schools that have that. Look at geo. Look at all the guys under geo that are Kyle yeah. Bame and all these guys, you know what I mean? That's so we're actually, whereas you look at Atos, you look at Danaher and then you look at 10th planet, 10th planet isn't one room where we're doing what they're doing. 10th planet is 30 rooms. You know what I mean? I say 30 rooms instead of 100 rooms because not everybody's out here trying to churn out like, you know, right. the best grapplers of all time. But some people are. And what happens is it's just a slower process, but we end up with way more. So right now you have Atos and you have Danaher, right? You have these guys doing this thing. What you end up with in 10 years is all these 10 planet schools that have managed to cultivate what they've already cultivated for the last 10 years. You see what I'm saying? So for the last 10 years, they've been cultivating. We're just now kind of getting behind that. So we just, the next generation is 10th planet. So right now you have Atos on top for points. If you want to take it that way, that's fine. There's, there's reason to, to believe that and you can have DDS on top for like submission only or overall jujitsu ability or whatever, whatever, whatever 10th planets right there on both ends, kind of pushing them both out at the next generation. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I believe when you, when you start talking about best jujitsu overall and why certain people are in certain places, it's the structure of the association that lends it to be that way. I think the challenge is not with some spaces, fake theories. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's that, time traveler uh, shit. <laughs> I think that we're yeah. starting to see uh, if Gordon is truly out, which I'm with you, Sean, there's no way he's truly out. He, it's still I mean, slated for ADCC super fight. He's still yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to assume he'll be back, but, if he's not in the scene, like if it happened right now and Gordon's not competing, I, I just, I really have been down on some of the DDS's guys performance this year. Other than Gordon, Gordon is by far and away the best guy, right? Craig Jones is super good, but he's not, he's not Gordon. He's not Gordon. There's yeah. a handful of guys that I think beat Craig in a, in a couple of different rule sets. Now Craig might be the best sub only grappler, but he's not the best DBI grappler. We know that's Mason Fowler, at least beats him multiple. I mean, Every does single he beat him? Day. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> does he beat him ten times out of ten? And so I, I look at like all around. I would probably have to go with Atos winning the most rule sets. Um, I, I think that the, the, they have a stable of guys right now, especially with the Rutolos coming up. I mean, what's the ceiling on those kids? I mean, yeah. Jesus, dude, those kids get into their their man bodies and then they get pumped full of that acai. 
I mean, <laughs> Ty, yeah, dude. What's Ty gonna look like five years from now on that Andre stack? I mean, he's gonna be, he might be ADCC champion. I mean, absolute champion. Gordon's the king. I think Atos is probably the best team, but I 100% agree with Sean. Tenth Planet, I really feel like is the future. And if I just threw a dart at a random school and I had to pick a blue belt versus blue belt super fight, Tenth Planet. Blue belts just at a rank, you, know, you just choose a random 10th planet 10th planet Portland, 10th planet Phoenix, 10th planet Decatur, Atlanta, wherever it is, versus a random Henzo school. I'm taking that 10th planet blue belt all day. Oh, that's a structural thing we were talking about too, though, is that you can pick on them in that way and say, like, the average student because they didn't spread out like we did, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yes. they're you know, the, the this random Henzo school over here might be run by a guy that never competed once from white to black belt. Whereas in 10th Planet, it's like, you got a black belt and you never competed? How'd you do that? Like, Eddie's just like, oh, you're oh you're 57 years. Look at Jay Watkins. Oh, you're 57 years old? Well, I'm going to need you to. Get out there and run it, Jay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jay's doing MMA fights at 55 trying to get that black belt. Cool. You know what I mean? Jay Watkins is like, nine years old. They have to wheel him to the cage. <laughs> but he runs it, dude. Yeah, it's just a different game, I think. All right, let's move on. Lamest submission. Mm. What do we got? I had I had one queued up for this, but uh, listening to Scaff's talk gave gave me another idea. I'll start with the one I had queued up, which I don't know if Scaff will agree with this one himself because he likes dirty shit. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the gas mask, this one right here, the Wagner oh, okay. yeah, that that's some bullshit right there. But it works. <laughs> and I hate it. Um, especially when they pinch the nose or do that, that's, that's some serious grade A bullshit. But when you're talking about the Rutolos, when you're talking about the Rutolos, is it Ty that's been hitting multiple buggy chokes at black belt super fight levels? Can you Jay. imagine a more embarrassing way to go out publicly than a buggy choke? That shit's not supposed to work at a white belt level and your black belts are getting toasted by it. Yeah, see, I um, there's one, there's one movement that makes me cringe, especially if it's like a blue or purple belt spazzing out, trying hard, trying to tap the upper belt, and it's the spazzy rolling toe hold. There's something yeah. about a dude starting a match off in the first thirty seconds. If he does a rolling toe hold, I immediately am not a fan. I immediately hope they lose. <laughs> just watching them, just like it is the worst move. Like I hate that. Like, I thought I really thought hard about this topic for like the, the past couple hours. Like what am I gonna? And there just couldn't think of anything that just makes me cringe more than seeing a just rolling toe. Hold. Not toe holds. You know, there's a time and place for a good toe hold, but a rolling toe hold. Oh man, and the guys that act like they're leg lock experts because they like, yeah, man, like I'm pretty good at toe holds, and they just all they do is spam rolling toe holds. <laughs> Nothing's worse. Nothing's you, worse. You just inadvertently make fun of every catch wrestler left alive, dude. <laughs> hey, so 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 they so you got rolling toe hold or what? Yeah, rolling toe hold. Somebody did that to you or what? <laughs> no, dude, I, I can feel the sensitivity through the screen. No, no, no. So there's honestly. Brandon used to uh, tape up his, his foot, okay? Uh, and there was two guys in particular. One guy was visiting. He was a blue belt from Tennessee. Brandon was probably like a brown belt. And I just remember this guy, first time visiting the gym, first roll with Brandon, in 10 seconds, sees the taped foot and tries a rolling toe hold as hard as he can on Brandon's foot. You know, he doesn't get – I mean, he doesn't tap Brandon with it. I just remember Brandon's face. Like, Brandon just beat the brakes off him. But I remember guys like <laughs> – like it was just to me, and that's remember being like, you had to do it. A taped foot, and you're gonna try a rolling toe hold in the first yes. 15 seconds. Like, yes, absolutely. That's the blue belt. I was from Alabama, though, not Tennessee. It was me. No. <laughs> I think it was you. Yeah. And I said, you didn't tap him. If it was you. You would have tapped him. <laughs> I just wanted to, I just needed a, one win before I spend the rest of my time underneath that thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think if we're going to talk about what's the lamest submission, we have to think about what's the most anticlimactic thing that can happen on the mats. What is the submission that makes everybody on the sideline go, oh, what happened? Did he tap? He tapped? What did he tap to? It's a wrist lock. And especially if it's a wrist lock that's kind of hidden inside somewhere. Mm -hmm. like think about that one that uh, 
tap that Denise kept Gary Tonin with. The little high <laughs> in there in the half guard. A little sneaky. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. What happened? Really? <laughs> the one that Marcelo got Pablo Papa with. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the wrist lock is the lamest. And uh, by virtue of that, it's one of my absolute favorites. <laughs> by Instagram standards, it's maybe the best, though, because it gets so many replays of like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, gotta be, and it sounds like we're picking on Wagner because this is the second time it's come <laughs> up, but we're not. I, I'm not the the wrist twist, the fingers, e the fingers. It's so corny. It's so corny though. When he gets that guy, and the guy's like ah, and then the, the referee calls it, and then he's just like, that's a verbal tap. It's a verbal tap, big dog, and the guy's like, no. I lost the match. And it's like, you scream because he turned. I mean, if I even turn my hand over, I'd probably holler too. But I'm just saying it's kind of corny. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of corny. It's great. You know, I, my one of my this is my favorite wrist lock. Get somebody all the way out to the twister, and I got their hand right here. And then I just press their wrist. Yeah. Everybody's like, what? What? Are you serious? You the were wrister. To, you were about to do the coolest submission, and you went with the worst <laughs> one instead. Yeah, uh, that's the lamest moment for a wrist lock. The wrister. <laughs> All right, moving on. Going to the UFC. We've got some big fights coming up, but first, we're going to talk about who is the best UFC grappler. Mm, y'all know. So, how. so this was the question I was really intending, or that I wanted to ask you guys: Who's the best UFC grappler that people don't think about? Like you're under the radar, guy you're super impressed with that nobody would think is the best, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so let's hear the obvious choice. Who's your number one for sure? And then who's your under the radar guy? All right, I can start this one because uh, I'm definitely prepared and definitely don't forget the names of everybody I'm thinking of. But that guy that is in the UFC that hits all the twisters and is like from the, the wetlands, you know, yeah, there you go. That guy. Yeah. See, talk about under the radar. No, that, that would be my obvious choice because like, goddamn, nobody is hitting twisters at UFC level and he's got an actual roster of people he's hit it on, or at least attempted it on. That's, that's pretty crazy level. Anybody who's a black belt or has a modicum of skill knows that at a high level, a twister is such a specialized move to even attempt, let alone to finish, let alone to finish on a UFC level where like you're not supposed to hit that. That's pretty, pretty damn good grappling. And then maybe for the under the radar one, um, another great name that I can't pronounce that Muji Shuji Cherry Pop guy from Dagestan <laughs> with the with the big fro, uh Magic Cheripop is something like that. You know, know the guy? Oh, Thank the you. Yeah. yeah. I, I just call B, him. Yeah. Mega mega cherry pop. Um, he's he might not be considered a grappler because he's so well rounded, but when he hits the ground, the fucking guy's a technician. No, I think I think he is actually one of the guys that I would say is uh he's underrated for sure. Zabit's his grappling, particularly his wrestling, is just outstanding. But I know he hit that um that Sulaweb stretch on Brandon Davis too. Yeah. Oh he that was the wasn't that the same night? Wasn't there two of them in that it one? Happened twice, yeah. That is so crazy. There's like three in history. What did you and call it? I've heard it called a splatle. So love That's not a splatle. Yeah, there we go. Zulu there we go. We call it the Zulueb stretch. Uh, I'm never gonna remember that. <laughs> homeboy watched it in the locker room and was like, you know what, dude? Yeah, yeah. Four points on me. I'm going right to that thing. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I think I can pull it off. Curling <laughs> was the other one, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's a crazy sub. So, yeah, he's a phenomenal grappler, particularly uh, those Russians are all so – they're all such good grapplers, especially when it comes to, like, keeping their opponents on the ground, stopping them from getting away and stopping them from getting up the cage, which in, in the UFC, keeping the guy from going up the cage is just as important of a skill as putting him on the ground. So that's a that's a part of jujitsu, like a part of grappling that I think a lot of times as jujitsu players we don't spend enough time on to understand even what's happening, because most of us don't spend our rounds on the walls. You know what I mean? Some of us have spent time on there, but most of us are not spending a lot of time finding out what works against the cage wall. You know, we're just out there grappling and stuff, and that's a part of the fighting in the UFC that has to be taken into account. So I think that it, that's a great choice as a beat, uh, and. Uh, I was going to say Bryce Mitchell um, as far as most underrated grappler. People 
people don't understand how good that guy is. I got to I got to roll with him a couple of times and oh, cool. phenomenal. Best grappler overall though, number one, like rate overrated, underrated. It's Ryan Hall, easy for me. Oh sure, yeah. That's right, coins. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, number one, like that people know, has got to be Ryan, especially at this point with like uh, Jacare's done, uh, Adolfo lost. Yeah, uh, uh, don't don't talk about Adolfo. Maya's cooked. <laughs> cooked, bro. Like he's done. You know, like it's you have all these amazing grapplers that have gone to MMA and transitioned well. You know, we have a lot that didn't, like Marcelo Garcia, Andre. You know, Hello. all those guys, they didn't do too well. But you have the ones that did that were also high-level grapplers, Fabricio. You know, they've done great, but they're all pretty much done. I think Ryan Hall's just getting started if he can just get some fights. You know what I mean? And um, so he's the number one for sure, I think, that people do know about. I would have said Zabit for underrated because I just don't think people know what they're looking at. Like, unless you're, like, a good grappler, when you watch Zabit, you're probably just like, oh, yeah, he's – he grapples a little bit or whatever, but if you know what you're looking at, it's like, damn, this no, this guy's like actually really good. Um, I don't know who's other than him who's really underrated. Like, what about this cat that keeps pulling guard and jacking people up? Like, uh, what's that? Paul, Craig. Paul Craig. What about Paul Craig, man? Paul Craig. That's the guy I was going to talk about. I was like, yeah. Paul Craig. People need, especially in the jujitsu community, we need to start thinking about him when we talk about great jujitsu artists in the UFC. I Let's mean, get behind him. man, yeah, we need to get behind this guy, man. This dude pulls guard, breaks probably the gnarliest arm break we've seen in a long time. I mean, I guess we just saw Jacare get his shoulder in that. <laughs> Sean, first, was that an Udi that uh, that got Jacare? Was that, was that Definitely. An 100%. Was, that was a beer lock. It was an Udi Garami, and Jacare did it to himself is the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He literally did it to himself. People, they're like that. That was an armbar. I'm like, it's not an armbar. That's a rotating snap of the humerus. That's a rotational move, which means that it was it was like more like a mirror lock than an armbar. Yeah, if he would have driven in and circled the head, he'd have been fine. He tried to pull out of it, and plonk, there it goes. Yeah, that's wild though, because you guys, I was like, oh man, I'll say Zabit. I don't think anybody else like talk about Zabit. <laughs> like, but you guys, we all have the same eye, right? Zabit's grappling, the way he hangs on people. He gets and he just hangs on people. And the Russians have like a fascinating um, way of just wearing their opponents down. You know, they get a connection and then they just they force you to wear it. And they're really good at, you know, whether it's making it heavy on your hips or your shoulders or they're just phenomenal at doing that. But Zabit has had he had the full package of takedowns. His, his ground game looked phenomenal. But Paul Craig's the dude that comes to my mind right now. Um, as, a, as a guy that I'm looking forward to um, seeing what he can do in, in the top 10 at his head, especially in the heavier weight division. You know, I, I think it's really cool that we've got a, a heavier guy that is pulling guard and looking to use jujitsu to win fights. It's really cool. You know, a couple of names that should be mentioned more, but that aren't. So I wouldn't say these guys are underrated, but they never come up in the discussion for some reason on grappling. Brian Ortega and Pedro Munoz. I think both of those guys' jujitsu is off the charts. Pedro Munoz has one of the nastiest guillotines ever. I got to feel that. We were in Brazil um, getting ready for when Ben Saunders fought um, in Brazil. I went down there with him. We got to go train with Pedro. And, man, I'm telling you, when he grabs your head, it's a, it's a massacre. And then Brian Ortega, we've seen what he can do if he gets a hold of that Anaconda guillotine series. He's phenomenal. Shoe face, shoe face had like four Dude, or five he where he looked absolutely underrated. incredible. Yeah. He tapped Gary Tonin with a flying triangle. Everybody forgot. Yeah, fucking fast, too. All right, guys. We'd be silly to talk about UFC without bringing up the Connor versus Dustin fight. Hey, before we go to this, tell everybody about how to join the and subscribe to the channel and all that like the join button yeah so you can't join the youtube membership unless you are on the desktop so if you're on a phone go to the computer if you're on the computer go to the channel click the join button you'll get access to members only content here on youtube and uh yeah yeah and if you're on the desktop watching the the button should just be down here oh um, right down there under the video it should say join just hit that 
And then, you know, we'll play wonderful noises every time you join. If you join the 99 cent level, we call that a bread eater. And we'll do this. Womp, 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 bread eater. See? <laughs> I'm down for it. I'm, I'm sold just on that. I love bread. <laughs> All right. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, the rubber mat, the trilogy. Who takes away? We should put money on this before anybody says anything. Mm. We should put a cash out. The the dude with the fedora and the the sunglasses trying to bet money. Shocker. (laughs) I'm trying to get paid and let's bet some Cardano, (laughs) Scaff. Oh, that's real money. I thought you meant like this fake stuff that we still use. Me and Scaff have been going crazy on this Cardano. Hey, dude, I'll bet you some Cardano, Scaff. How many Cardano? 10 Cardano to the winner. Okay, Tim Cardano. Let's do it. I hope we don't pick the oh same. I got like 75% of my holdings in ADA, dude. Oh, you're in too. Tim, Tim Cardano. Yeah, All right. Uh, Applegate, you got Cardano? No. You can pay with fake money then. All right. Yeah. Yeah, nonsense. <laughs> I got a Monopoly set downstairs. I got you, big dog. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Who's starting this one? He's out of the, he's out of the bet, so he's in. <laughs> Uh man, I don't know. Probably Dustin. You know, <laughs> great, great argument. <laughs> I guess I you know. So I'm gonna Whatever. be completely honest with you guys. Yeah, that's that's about how I feel to be honest yeah. with you. So I'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I don't. It doesn't matter to me who wins this fight, oh. but uh hopefully Dustin. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I, I got pooted on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. It's just not like in my realm of of care, I guess anymore. The UFC is so out of control. I I think it's awesome. You know what I mean? It's a lot of hype. I'm super like glad to be here with you guys. <laughs> just happy to be here. If if you were to go by meme standards right now, if you were going to bet your Cardano based on the memes, Connor is going to beat him three times in the same fight. He's going to pull him off the ground and knock him out again. And then the third time, he's going to knock him over the cage into the audience. And that's how he's going to get the double champ champ back. Because everybody online thinks that, oh, he's using karate stance. So karate stance, McGregor's untouchable. You're not going to be able to beat this guy. And if you listen to his tweets, it's like, I'm going to knock him out in the first 30 seconds. It's not even going to be a fight. Uh, but I think if you're an actual... that impression. Uh, me lucky charms. Uh, if you were, <laughs> if you were actually an MMA fan, I don't know how you bet against Dustin in this one because the last fight wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. The leg kicks beat him before he ever got knocked out, and that started early. So I, I don't know, man. I think that that Dustin is just a better fighter. At this point. Con- Connor's had a lot of fun with his Lambos. He's had a lot of fun with his yachts, and I'm sure he's going to space next. And everybody likes following him on Instagram. But he's not that hungry fighter that Dustin is. He's not. I'll watch that. If he goes to space, I'll watch that. Connor <laughs> McGregor in space? Are you crazy? I'll watch that. <laughs> Sean and Eddie Bravo tuned in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie is watching if it's in space, dude. I can tell. Yeah. You. Yeah, uh, oh, okay. I'll go next. <clears throat> I think Cardano's on the line. Be careful, dude. Yeah. <laughs> The real results, not to whether Keelan poots on me or not. Let's just get that out of the way real quick. Keelan can poot all he wants, but the facts shall stand. And that's that I think Dustin is going to outbox him and Dustin's going to win the fight. Now, I don't necessarily think Dustin's going to put him away, but I think Dustin's going to outstrike him. I think he's going to win the fight. And I think, I think people believe maybe that Dustin has an advantage on the ground. I don't know that I think that's true. I think it's a really close fight no matter how it shakes out. I mean, obviously, they split the first two. Um, I like the UFC better when Connor is on fire, but I think Dustin's going to win the fight. Honestly, I, I really think that Connor's going to knock him out. I think oh. Connor's going to come in there. I do. I do. I, I, I you think don't so. like the crypto, do you? Uh, man, I hate that Cardano. No, no, no. So honestly, I, I think Connor, he's been in this situation before. He's like the only guy that's just. He's chasing not even like UFC glory. It's more like he's chasing a um, like challenges, you know. And, I think it's like a rainbow. And yeah, it's fascinating to me to watch a guy, you know, constantly put himself out in the arena, especially when he doesn't have to. 
And I think he was overlooking Dustin. I think he thought Dustin was an easy fight, much like a kind of a not a Michael Chan. Yeah, like no, maybe not Cerrone, but um, who did he beat for the 155 uh, title? That's in one FC now. Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, I think he was thinking it's going to be like an Eddie Alvarez fight where he not put him away in the first. And honestly, he almost did. He connected flush one time, and it hurt Dustin. And I think he's got the power to take Dustin out. He changes his stance to the karate style. Those leg kicks don't take him out. And I think he's going to knock him out. I don't know, man. Dustin put away Justin Gagey. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. You can put away Justin Gagey. You can put away anybody. And he's already put Connor away once. Is Justin Gage just a 2.0 version of Chris Lieben, though? He basically just looks at you, walks forward, and throws punches till you take. fall. That's a hot <laughs> take. <laughs> but he does it with leg kicks. He does it with yeah. leg kicks. That's so the 2.0, though. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Alvarez finished Justin. Hey, man. Means nothing. What about the Ryan yeah. Hall fight? Let's talk Ryan Hall. Does he, does he finish by submission in regulation? What, what's what, the what does his opponent want to do? Uh, Not yeah. <laughs> is, is, is his opponent a striker or a grappler? I don't know anything about no, the guy. Nobody is trying to fight Ryan Hall. Isn't it? Uh, He's a Spaniard, right? He's from Spain. Florida? So what yeah. does that mean about him? Uh, I, I think he's, he's, I think he's pretty well balanced, right? I'm good with look, leg locks. record. Look up Topura uh, on – yeah, but let's see what his fight. But how does he win? Now, I want to know like what he thinks he's, he's going to do. I think he's got six or seven submission victories, right? Six or seven. Oh no, well, that's, that's, just, that's yeah, a bad just, thing. Yeah, you're that, just not. That's his go-to. He's he's super oh, fucked right there. Yeah, let's see what his official record is. Okay, here we go. Damon Jackson, he wins. Oh, he's all KOs. Only one with a triangle armbar. He won with an anaconda choke, a guillotine, a guillotine, a rear naked, a rear naked. Okay. Angle. Ed, if he tries, I don't care how good he thinks he is on the ground. If he gets down no. there and tries to grapple with Ryan He's Hall. Not gonna he, find himself, he won't find himself in any of those positions to finish any of those chokes on Ryan. He won't even get two moves away from that. So you got to think he's probably going to try to knock Ryan out then. You know, like he's probably confident in his, his grappling. Obviously, he's submitting people at a reasonably high level. And then he's... Got knockout wins. You gotta think that this guy's probably not going in, going. You know what, dude? I'm just gonna sub Ryan Hall. Like it's that time. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Can Ryan keep him at a distance with the kicks, like he did McDessey? If he does, if Ryan puts his hands on him, I mean, I'm gonna take Ryan Hall either way because that's what my heart says, and that's what I want to go with it. <laughs> but uh, I think Ryan will submit him. Yeah. I'm gonna call it and say it's submit him. If it stays in striking range, then I think Ryan's going to be able to get an entry and get a quick sub on the legs. And if it turns into a grappling match where Tapora wants to be engaged in clinching, either on the cage or on the ground, then Ryan's going to end up on his back and he's going to put him to sleep. Yeah. Ryan's top game, like top crushing pressure game, is oh, yeah. super high level, too. People his don't passing, know. his leg drags, his dope mount, it's, it's serious man. shit. Um, Let's play a little game theory here. If you're Ryan and you just did the same equation that Sean did is he's not going to try to grapple with me. He's probably going to try to strike and point me for three rounds um, and probably going to try to scramble his way up if I take him down. The moment this fight hits the fence, it's over because there's no way to strike. You you have to grapple. And like BMAC was saying, like grappling on the fence, it's really difficult to get a guy off you. And if you want a guy who's already difficult to get off you, no matter where you are, if I'm Ryan, I'm putting him on the fence. And no matter what happens, if he gives up his back, if he gets the takedown, if he fights the takedown, he's losing that fight from the fence. Yeah, no question. I think it's uh, interesting, uh, Ryan Hall, in that we haven't seen much from him outside of his game plan because nobody's been able to push him outside of what he wants to do. Um, he, you know, from if you stay in the kicking range, he's, he's fine doing those, you know, karate style kicks all day. He doesn't really use his hands, so but he got what three knockdowns against uh, what's his name? Um, I mean, he had three knockdowns in that fight against uh, um, what's his name? Um, oh yeah, there we go, Gray Maynard. And you know, his kicks look pretty good, 
And if you come into the boxing range, he's coming into that MNR role. And that's been the game plan. We haven't seen anything else. So I'm interested to see what Ryan looks like if the fight gets hectic and he, you know, it goes outside of his, you know, what he's trying to do. I'm I'm wondering if Ryan, you know, if he if it comes to a very like scrambly fight or he gets into a war, how he's gonna respond to that. But again, nobody's been able to do that. Will this guy be able to? I don't think so. I think this is another Ryan Hall victory, but I'm interested in seeing Ryan in a kind of unscripted fight, right? All these fights look scripted in that, you know, this is what he's envisioned and he's making that vision come true. And so it's a beautiful thing to watch, but um, adversity is coming and I want to see how he responds to that. Hey, Scaff, I got a quick question for you, and I hope this doesn't come across as weird, but I got to see that you're wearing pants. Can you show me you got pants on? Oh, thank have, God. Okay. I've got pants. Okay, because this whole time, I could have had a side bet. Like, I wasn't quite sure <laughs> on that one. You're just so comfy in your bed from the chest up. Well, I'm on vacation, man. I'm at the beach. <laughs> During a hurricane. Yes. Well, the past five days have been beautiful, but today is uh, not a nice day. <laughs> well, I think with Ryan, like one of the things is, is he's not uh, he's not a wrestler. So if he starts working this dude to the cage, he's going to take away some of his best tools. So like one of the things about like the cage – it's great against like for like shorter fighters or shorter limbed fighters against longer limbed fighters. The cage takes away their length. You can't be a long limbed fighter on the cage. You know what I mean? It doesn't, doesn't happen. And he's not a wrestler either. So it's like, do I think that he can out grapple this guy in a cage? I'm sure he's so intelligent. I'm sure his wall work is probably like probably innovate. It's yeah. It's probably like things we've never even seen. You know what I mean? Like I just have to assume because it's Ryan all, but uh he would also it'd be a little it wouldn't be the best route i don't think because he'd be taking away some of his best tools you know what i mean like uh you know he, he's negated that rest unless he's been wrestling this whole time you know he's had a long layoff he's just been wrestling like turn into damian maya lightweight damian maya he's just gonna single leg you into a cage and climb on your back which is a great strategy when he actually mm -hmm. pulls it off it's amazing but i don't know man i just see if you want my honest opinion, I see him kicking the crap out of this guy. And when the guy comes in close enough, you know, and he's like all these sidekicks and all this nonsense. If I can just get inside on him, I'll be fine. He gets inside. I think exactly what you guys were saying before. I think his his close range fighting is not boxing. It's Imanari rolls and wild grappling entries. You know what I mean? And I think yeah, that that's things that are hard to emulate from a, from a training partner, too. You know, and, and everybody I know people are like, well, everybody knows Ryan's going to drop for a leg lock. He's not going to be able to do it again. And yet we've seen Alexi Olenek do yeah. <laughs> chokes, which don't even work. You no, know, that's, not even a real thing. that's fixed. That's fucking fixed. Von, uh, Von flu chokes from OSP. Uh, how about don't grab his head, but, but it's the UFC man. And you get in there and you get in the midst, <laughs> you get into the midst of a vicious cockfight. You got to keep your head on a swivel. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I've got a uh, fascinating question for you guys. Okay, okay. so Ryan yeah, I'm Hall. Pants, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that my pants are, I'm not. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. How come? How come none of you guys had the pants checked? But yeah, anyways, I didn't get the pants checked. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so we have Ryan Hall, Mortal Kombat style. Okay, where you're going oh. up the ladder. How far does Ryan Hall make it up the Donahue Death Squad ladder? If you're Ooh, staying that Damian Anderson is this first fight. You know, and he's working up in difficulty from there. How far does Ryan Hall get the DDS Mortal Kombat ladder? Is this an absolute? Um, I mean, Gordon's 250 now or something. I mean, so I, I don't care about Gordon or Craig, but I guess we're looking at up to Taza, you know, Gary, Taza, those guys. What's the last? So that's, Nikki, that's the Nikki question. Nikki be in there, right? What? Nikki, would he Nikki be in there? Yeah, Nikki Ryan's in the yeah. Nikki's next to the top. So you're gonna have Gary at the top of the ladder. Gary's yeah. He, and then you got uh then Nikki Ryan, then probably Krellinston, then Taza, or or you could switch those guys depending on how you're feeling. Uh and then yeah, you start working down maybe into the Nick Ronan range right up. Yeah, there. and Damian Anderson, those guys. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think he toning, and then who knows? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to come down to uh, rule set, though, because Ryan has played all rules, and he's very good at playing rules. So it's going to change how he grapples people. If it's sub only, uh, that's that's probably the most interesting for the viewership. But if it's like ADCC, he's probably going to win on points. Sub only fight to the death. That's where we're going here. More okay, combat. okay, okay. Yeah. So we're pulling the time down on this one. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking somebody was getting uppercutted into some spikes. Yeah. yeah I was gonna, what, I heard. What, what, what would Ryan Hall's fatality be? Oh, man. Dude, you know how he talks to you until you die. Right? He would just autograph <laughs> a picture and throw it to you. Ryan's will be something like, yeah. he'll, he'll recite something out of a physics textbook to you. Just blink at you till you I, die. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> if you up, up, down, down, B, he could probably blink fast enough to blow your skin off. <laughs> that's what it is. No, that's it. That was the best one I've heard. He just blinks fast enough, and then you're just like, you just, your head explodes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So here's the thing. I think the same thing. I think he gets all Eddie Gary Tonin, and who really knows how that goes with Gary Tonin? But this is all post Eddie match. Cummings. I think Eddie Cummings would have chewed him up, though. Okay. Ooh, with you guys. I don't even think that's a hot take. I think nah. Eddie Cummings pretty much chewed everybody up. No one's this is before him. Eddie Cummings became always injured guy, because now he can't do anything without getting injured. Well, yeah, I mean, but he also, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, he was competing injured before as well, and people still weren't really able to do anything with the guy you know the thing is, is he lost matches but when you go and you really look at the guy's record no one was passing him nobody was submitting him you know what i mean like even tanquino made it to like reverse neon belly for like two seconds Nine and he seconds. was right back in his guard you know what i mean and it's like i i just don't i would have so the matchups that i missed out on that i would have loved to have seen would have been like eddie cummings cobrina eddie cummings marcello those types of matches the matchups we see now are just I just feel like no one had like the technical precision that that dude had. Like, obviously, he knew a lot and this and that, but like how he applied. You can go back and watch like 45 minutes of Mantra Kara trying to pass that dude's guard at the mm. grappling industries, and he never made it past one time, and he dodged submissions the whole time. You know what not I mean? Just, like, not just precision, which you're right, though, but precision at speed. I've never seen that fast, that precise movement. The way that he w walked through EBI, it was like, his family was being held hostage and he had to finish in the first minute. Like, and he he never so much weight. So to break somebody. He Absolutely. had cut so much weight. It looked like he had some real stuff on the line. <laughs> Food. Dude, he, he was drawn out so bad, but he had that big beard and his eyes were all sunk back in his head. <laughs> his legs off. Win he the tournament. You get out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, they changed his nickname from Wolverine to Gulag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but think about though he did have a lot on the line in that tournament though that was the first tournament after he left Danaher's right like he was gone Danaher wasn't his guy for that one he cut all that weight alone well he had Octavia but it was you know, pretty much alone he's by himself down there in Mexico trying to cut all that weight and then he has this big showdown with Gio you know what I mean that had been a lot you know a long time in the making so huge weight cut just left his team big showdown with Gio all these things going on. Your coach is telling you you're going to fail. You know, all these things. I couldn't imagine the guy's mentality going into that thing. You know what I mean? Like, holy crap, dude, imagine. Yeah. And then he does as well as he does. Misses it by an inch. You know what I mean? Well, Misses he looked like a cyborg in that final against Gio. He looked like a cyborg, like just ran yeah. through Geo. Geo defended the whole time and did great surviving. But yeah, I mean, Gio that transition was, he when he traps, went to the, he was never caught in submissions. So it was good well, attack. If it would have kept going, he was putting him in that, that back yeah, triangle that was at the end. Back, the yeah. back triangle from the leg lock to the back triangle transition was insane. Insane. Yeah. Everybody yeah. remembers the submission in overtime, but the actual like real time match was a domination. By yeah. Eddie, it was like you're like you're saying, Brandon. It was a time a timer thing. Like, I love Geo to death, but he was holding on to his exposed leg for dear life for like five minutes. Yeah, and by the way, nobody else ever met managed to do that. Like, no one. Look that he ever tangled up. They they died. Now some people didn't get tangled, right? It's like mm -hmm. a couple of times, Tokino didn't really get tangled up. You know, he he got his leg broken. Out. <laughs> Let's let's bring this back to the question though of Mortal Kombat because we're going to come back to our our main boy Gary Tonin who actually 
did really well against coming. That's not just because he's his training partner, although I'm sure that helped, but there was like that precision at speed. Gary can hang at that level. Mm -hmm. And he was like slipping everything at speed and eventually got him with this uh, triangle from what was it? Mount or, or, but was that a fake match? Yes. Fuck off. No way. No the, way. The rumor. Rewatch I, it, man. Rewatch it. It's so, there's so much attack on Eddie's know. part. I don't know. I asked, okay, so I talked to Eddie, and Eddie said that it was Bravo, a fake match. Bravo. Bravo's Eddie convinced Bravo. it's a fake match. Eddie, Wait a second, oh, yes. do you think that Eddie Bravo would believe something that's not for sure true? Do you believe that? I don't know. He <laughs> believes for a fact it was fake. That's all I'll say. I okay. don't know. Yeah. I'm just he saying does. he believed a lot of things. So yeah. if that's your key witness you're bringing in, um, I'm still going with use your eyes and watch the match back, man. It is. I've watched that one as like study material because it is so blazing fast, but incredibly accurate. Like if you want I, to know the honest truth, though, like, that. if you want the honest truth, though, they they definitely weren't uh, attacking with the same uh, veracity that they do with other people. Eddie like actively didn't counter. Some of Gary's escapes uh, in that match. That could so. have something to do with them being training partners, though. There's a lot more uh, baggage coming in as far as knowing people's moves. So maybe he knows that, like, that's a trap or that's a trick or I don't know. I don't know. Fake match. Yeah, it felt like it felt like a. So by the way, they've done other things too, right? We're gonna put Eddie Cummings into EBI. We're gonna have him pull out the last second so we can get John Callison into EBI, right? Mm-hmm. that's real so that's actually very real like that is how it went um if you watch the way that gary was escaping eddie's entanglements and eddie's responses to those escapes and you just watch the same exact tournament where other people are doing some of the same turns and stuff he just didn't he didn't attack him with the same veracity he really didn't like and, and okay, I, I don't i'm curious let's take this from a different angle now because there was another close teammate match that happened more recently than cummings that would play into the same argument is was the gordon versus gary a uh adcc match was that fake because you would think if if, if gary was willing to fake a match with uh cummings why wouldn't he be willing to fake a match with gordon well, he might be willing. I just don't know that Gordon would have uh, would have laid down for him. Well, he doesn't have to be willing. Just one willing party will make it happen, right? He yeah, gives his fair. back. He gets choked. I'll tell you this. I don't know if that one was fake or not, but I thought about it at the time about whether or not it was fake, and it made me enjoy the match less to where I really didn't care yeah. what happened from it because I didn't believe in my heart that it was a real match. Whether it was or wasn't, I don't know. The Eddie Gary match or the Gordon Gary match? The Gordon versus Gary match. I didn't enjoy yeah. it as much. I didn't care about the results because I didn't. I didn't know if it was fake or not. I didn't have yeah. that assurance. And and ADCC even at that time had a history of fake matches. And now yeah. with all the stuff that's been coming out, I really wouldn't yeah. care. Uh, I just think, man, you know, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really change anything for any of us. But the big deal is with the Eddie and Gary match. Go back and technically examine it. Don't don't watch. Don't 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 watch based on speed or any of that other stuff. Technically examine what Eddie did in that match and watch Eddie do it to other people and watch the exact same escapes and the counters he uses. Uh he just didn't. So, you know, uh well, I don't know I what thought, that means. I thought watching Eddie during that time span, he just was a better grappler than Gary Tonin. Personally. Absolutely. And so it shocked me when he beat him, and especially like the way he beat him in that match, just because watching the eye test, I was like, Eddie Cummings looked unbeatable. And Gary, you know, he's phenomenal. He is the people's champion. Gary's the most exciting grappler in the world. But Eddie just looked like he was a level level or two better than than, than Gary. Which is so. what made that win that Gio had at EBI 10 so big and so mental. Mm. Like even to even to take him to overtime was a huge deal. Oh, 100%. Because he was a cyborg. He looked like a yeah. cyborg. Yeah, that was hey, look, one of those moments. Does I remember that, watching it. I remember watching it live. That was one of those moments, those rare moments in grappling history, where I like jumped up and was screaming at the screen when he got that armbar. It was like he still had to go through the next match, but it was that was an impossibility. It was the same thing with Verdum tapping Fedor. That was an impossibility, and I jumped up and was screaming at the screen and like lost my voice with how impossible that was. That you just witnessed like this impossible act of of Eddie Cummings getting armbarred by Gio Martinez. Yeah, it was crazy. 
man, he still does that move. We were at a camp together like last weekend, two weeks, two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. We were at a camp together and uh, we we're all training. And uh, I was watching him roll with Dan Martinez and uh, Dan put Gio in the 411. And I was like, oh, OK, cool, man. Nice. Like that's that's what's up. And then I saw Gio start grabbing his foot like that again. And I was like, OK. And Dan's kind of looking at him like kind of the way Eddie was looking at him, like, what the f*** are you doing? And then Gio was just like, whoop, and he just slipped right out of the 411. And I was like, dude, he still does that thing. That's so unique to him, and it's so awesome. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. such a weird – you got the guy, he's dead. You have both legs trapped. Dan had both legs. And then Gio just puts his foot in his armpit and just yeah, goes, no, right, no, you man. got one. <laughs> this is no longer down there. You don't get this. And then he just pops right out of it, and you're like – You'll oh. never get this. You'll never get this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing to watch. It's pretty cool. Let's let's add up those scores, coach. Let's see let's see what's going on. Though. Whoever wins now, whoever has the most points, you get thirty seconds at the end to kind of hawk your your nice. wares, if you will, or say whatever you want, and they'll mute everybody else. Matt's uh, Matt Scaff's pants line is going to get a shout out. <laughs> All right, they're tallying the scores. Everybody, hold your horses. All right. We've got yet another tie. And the winner is Drew and Sean. Oh, oh what? First. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I'm not hawking your pants. Fresh faces, baby. <laughs> oh, my Coming in with the hot takes. Hot takes takes today. Bias. All right, so all right. Drew, uh, first. Cool. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. This was a ton of fun. Like, seriously, I go on a lot of podcasts, uh, my own and other people's included, and this is maybe the most fun I've had on one, so I'd be happy to come back. Um, secondly, if you haven't checked out, because Jitsu, uh, what the hell have you been doing? Get on Instagram, check that out. But mostly what I'm pushing nowadays is, um, I don't know if you can tell that I'm in a car, but I, I don't actually have a house anymore. I live on the road. And I've got a vlog that just started last week. I got the second episode coming out tomorrow. So go to the Because Jitsu YouTube channel, and you can see what I'm doing kind of real time as I move my whole family into an RV, and we're sort of taking to the road across america beautiful beautiful sean what you got yeah man thank you guys for having me on it's uh yeah like just like what drew said i've done a bunch of podcasts and stuff but um not to like put those guys down or anything this is this is just really a lot of fun and um if you guys want to check out some of our stuff you guys can go to uh kazushi club dot com we have some gear and stuff you guys can check it out we have a uh you know instructional website that's going to be coming out not too long from now uh you know just if you guys are in atlanta you want to come train you know we have 10 planet atlanta uh also if you guys yeah if you guys are into like gaming and stuff you guys can follow some of that stuff that's non-jujitsu related on twitch facebook i got all that stuff going on too but uh but yeah no i just thank you guys for checking it out and thank you guys for having me on i had a blast all right, Brandon, any last words? Uh, I feel like I got cheated, but I'll just let it slide. Uh, I, I am excited about the Cardano bet that I got going with Scafino here. So, Scaf, just to make it official, you were uh, you picked Connor. Yep. And then me and Drew picked Dustin. Yep. All so, right. if he loses, does he pay each of us? I'll pay each yeah. of you. Oh yeah. my God! Cardano. Ten Cardanos. That's, that's a risky. Whatever bet. gets rid of that Cardano. <laughs> that's right. All right. That's it.